Welcome to the People of Packaging Podcast, brought to you by Specrite. Specrite wants you to envision a world without waste. Join the movement at specrite.com backslash PKG. Hey, that's right. It's another episode of the People of Packaging Podcast. I'm your host with the Holy Ghost, the Packaging Pastor, Adam Peak. You can find me on TikTok at Packaging Pastor or on LinkedIn. Just search for my name, Adam Peak. Wanted to talk real quickly about a new sponsor for our podcast, Spark Packaging. Are you sick and tired of the same positions at your plant constantly being open or just not being filled? Maybe your facility just isn't retaining talent due to not having dedicated recruitment support. If you need contract to hire support, or you are looking to hire directly for industry professionals, Spark Packaging can help. Spark Packaging is the industry partner who provides all your recruitment and staffing needs. And and basically, listen, we all know we need a lot of that right now. If you're one of those people hearing this and thinking, hey, wait a second, that's me then you can go to sparkpackaginginc.com backslash hiring. Once again, that's sparkpackaginginc.com backslash hiring and answer some of their questions. Once received, a Spark team member will reach out ASAP. And hey, if you get there, just tell them that I sent you. That would be awesome. Thanks so much. And let's get to this next episode. Hey everybody, I am joined here from I'm in I'm in the United States of America. As you know, this podcast has gone international here as we approach 200 episodes and I am joined by Simon Lewis. He is the VP of Marketing from Hikon and he is joining me live and in person except but I mean that over virtual calling over Teams. One day though, Simon, I'm telling you this, I've had a couple people on from Israel and we're just going to do, I'm going to make it over there. I need to. It has to happen. <laughs> I hope it does. It's, so I hope worth, it, it's worth it. Well, I mean, there's so many. As you already know, right, it is it is a, it is just a, a hotbed of packaging innovation that's coming out of Israel. And it's cool to see. And it's it's awesome to, you know, to kind of be a part of. And uh, And I know that you have a background in that. So why don't we start with... Uh, a little bit of your background. So, you know, we meet up for the first time, like we just have, and you're going to introduce yourself to me like we haven't quite done. So this is our first conversation, which is my favorite podcast, because we get, we're going to find all sorts of fun hidden gems as we have our conversation here. Absolutely, Adam. So let me start by saying, I speak the Queen's English, and I use the term deliberately. I've been in Israel for 33 years. So the English I speak is the English is spoken the UK when I left 33 years ago, and then we had a queen. There's a king now, but I don't speak the king's English. I speak the queen's English. Okay. And I, I came to Israel, and after a few years, I found myself joining Cytex. Cytex was the digital pre-press pioneer, together with Linotype and, uh, and Crossfield. And I started my path in printing, graphics, packaging, all those different domains, and talking about analog to digital transformations. My first task was digital proofing, trying to go from a chromalin or a match print to an iris. I then went into um, direct-to-plate, computer-to-plate, and then direct-to-press. Cytex had a joint venture with KBA, 
And I did that for a few years. And then I hit some bumps in the road and I went to a couple of startups, but I missed the industry. And in 2006, I rejoined and I went to HP Indigo and I was very much involved in all the innovation that came out of Indigo from 2006 to not very long ago, including moving from the core market of commercial into labels and then trying to get into flexible packaging and folding carton. And it was all about bringing digital printing in, not to replace analog, but to complement analog and bring new value proposition. I then got involved in some the cloud program, the PrintOS program from HP, and I led the introduction of PrintOS at Drupal 2016. And then I left the ivory tower of products and strategy, and I ran a sub-region for three years, and I was responsible for Central and Eastern Europe and taking my theory and putting it into practice. At the end of 2020, which was a year of, you know, of unexpected changes for the world around COVID, but also in the Indigo business, when Alon Barshani, who'd been the GM for many years, uh, moved out, I also ended up leaving the business. And since the 1st of January last year, 21, I've been at Highcom. And if you look at my career, I started in digital prepress. I went into digital print. And digital finishing is the final frontier. So it's a natural career evolution. And we have so much to do to drive the change that has been happening. And no, while prepress has gone 100% digital, Digital printing won't, not in my lifetime, a normal digital finishing, normal finishing, but, but there is room for a lot more finishing innovation and a lot more digitalization or digitization. And I want to be part of making that happen. Well, it sounds like you, you have been, you know, I mean, like you said, you kind of, uh, and you, you take this, this career arc that has sort of followed the path of, of digital print. And I love that. Uh, so, so tell me about though early on in your career, when you're speaking the Queen's English and and you're living in the UK, what was it that prompted you to move down to Israel to take this job and to get into something as sort of, I don't want to say arbitrary, but nobody thinks about, you know, digital pre-press as like, this is, this is a career that I want to go into. Tell me about Okay. how that all transpired. I didn't move to Israel for digital pre-press. Okay. I moved to Israel, I'm going to use the word without, uh, with pride, for Zionistic reasons. As a Jew, I felt the state of Israel was the most important thing that had happened to Jewish people in 2000 years. And I had two choices. I could be a spectator or I could be a participant. And my DNA is to be a participant, not a spectator. Within that, one of the few technology companies in Israel that I'd ever heard of before I came to Israel was Cytex, because Captain Bob Maxwell was an investor in Cytex, and Maxwell owned newspapers in the UK, and he was, a, he was a figure. People knew about him. So I knew that when I got to Israel, I wanted to get to Cytex, not because of the industry, but because of the company. And I didn't know how smart a move that was going to be. So I was lucky. I did it and I got the bug. Got it. Got it. So you followed, you said Captain Bob Maxwell? Yeah, Robert Maxwell. He was the owner of the Daily Mirror. Okay. He was 
he was uh, his his daughter's just been convicted in the uh, in this whole um, Jeffrey Epstein scandal. Oh goodness! Okay, uh, but he was an establishment figure, and he owned a, a, a newspaper, and he invested in a number of Israeli companies, and one of them was Cytex. Okay. There's there's got to be there, there's bound to be listeners who are like, this idiot American doesn't know who Robert Maxwell is. <laughs> That's fine. I I'm happy to admit when I don't know things. Uh, it's it's curiosity. Last, I think is, last night I was having dinner with one of the largest uh, uh, printing groups in the United States, the CEO, and I said something to this effect about Robert Maxwell. He said to me, "Oh, Captain Bob," and I thought. Hats it to you, sir. You know about it. <laughs> I did. You could not tip your hat to me on that one. Uh, but I love this phrase. You said, uh, you know, kind of that you are not one to just be a spectator. You're one to be a participant. And so let's let's hang out there for for a quick second because this is this is a really critical time, I think, in the the digital printing landscape when it comes to especially here in the US market which is really all that I know even though this this podcast is international my day-to-day job is dealing mostly in the US with with mm-hmm. US companies um and I spend a lot of time at, at trade shows uh Label Expo and Pack Expo and TLMI and all these things and the the evolution from or wait Wait, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it in Queen's English. The evolution. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Did I nail it? All right. That is that is the way I would say it. <laughs> uh, I can't say it that way. The evolution from seeing these shows where you almost had to show up with your, your top-end analog Flexo Press and put it on display, and it was this big marvel. At the show this year, there was not a single analog printing press. And that's not to say that flexo printing is going to go away to your point, right? But to see every press at the show was a digital press was was pretty remarkable, honestly. And I just think it shows that there is a shift in not just the not just the digital printing, but also as my friend Dustin Stearman says, a digital mindset that has really come is is really coming into the marketplace that's being driven by brands. Uh, brands are wanting not just faster turn times, but personalization. They want on the shelf. They want to you know they want to be sustainable, so they don't want to be having a lot of waste. All of these things that is kind of the digital uh, go to market strategy we're seeing sort of come to life. So. Talk a little bit about either about that and then how is Hikon fitting into that space and really helping to drive that? Okay. So first, one of the really interesting things is how that pace of transformation differs between segments, different segments of the market. Correct. In labels, for example, and I guess you're talking about label expo and what you just said in terms sure. of in labels, it has been the most dramatic. And that was driven by technology, by the fit between the technology and the need, by the volumes of the jobs, and indeed by the brands. And if you look in corrugated, it's way, way, way back. It corrugated today for digital printing 
is more or less where labels was when I joined Indigo in 2006. Mm-hmm. And in folding carton, I think it's even further behind. And flexible packaging, not least thanks to people like Dustin who were involved in EPAC, flexible packaging has accelerated at a remarkable uh, rate from a really cold start. And when you start, when you grow fast from a, from a cold start, you're still pretty small. But it, it, it's amazing how it requires the combination of technology, technology maturity, and brand behavior. And the guys who buy labels in the brand aren't the same guys who buy corrugated boxes or cardboard boxes or pouches. And therefore, the process of educating you think hey i've converted you name the company there as as you choose no you haven't converted them if you're lucky you've converted a couple of buyers who buy that stuff but they don't buy the other pieces and therefore the journey for each of the market segments is different yep and now let me connect it to hikon and i want to connect it to hikon actually by stepping back a minute. When I started in all of this in SciTech almost 30 years ago, what we wanted to do was say, you can replace analog with digital. And we were less about all the new things you can do with digital, more about the fact that it's equivalent. It's the same. You can think of them as being the same. And that, to me, is kind of A to D 1.0. And I'll give you another analogy for that. A mousetrap is a thing. You put the cheese in, the mouse goes, boom, catch the mouse, you've achieved your objective. If you Google digital mousetrap, you can find an electronic mousetrap that will zap the mouse and send a message to your cell phone. But at the end of the day, all it does is kill mice. It's A to D 1.0. By contrast, think of the telephone that you grew up with and the, and the smartphone in your pocket. Correct. When Steve Jobs announced the iPhone, he said, I'm announcing three products today, a widescreen touch iPod, and an internet communications device and a cell phone. And those three products are one product. And today, Apple is reinventing the phone. And whilst it was a little bit of hyperbole on the day he said it, within two years, it was true. And that's an analog to digital transformation. The telephone is a lot more than it was. And today, in order to drive transformation in folding carton, and corrugated, which is a segment that I'm focused on today, it's not enough just to replace a process to say, hey, this digital die cutter can do the same as an analog die cutter. I talk about the entire end-to-end process. Think about what you want to produce and how you produce it end-to-end. Don't just put one die cutting machine against another die cutting machine. Look at the entire process. Think about the creation, the printing, and the finishing. And that's 
A to D 2.0. And that's the piece that I really passionately believe. So I don't want to talk to somebody just about what I can do with or they can do with a high con. I want to challenge them on how their jobs are changing, how the turnaround times are changing, how the minimum order, how the order quantities are changing. What about sustainability, not just in the package, but in the process? What about the dye? What about the materials? And all of those questions are going to be what drives it. Because if in the 90s, it was enough just to do digitally what you could do traditionally, in the 2020s, it's all about driving that entire process, driving it, bringing incremental value, not to replace what was there, but essentially to say you have a conventional manufacturing flow for traditional jobs, and you need a digital manufacturing flow for the new emerging, growing segment of jobs, and they live side by side. And if you try and do everything in one production approach, you're going to cease to be viable and productive and profitable. So think about how you have digital manufacturing and conventional manufacturing. And in that digital manufacturing, if you are still making dyes, waiting for them, paying for them, storing them, dealing with the just you know the, the environmental footprint of the dyes, then you have a problem. And there's no almost to the extent that there's no point introducing digital printing if you haven't thought about how you revolutionize your finishing. And I would invite the customer to say that revolution is going to be around Hycon, which brings the combination of digital cutting but digitally driven mechanical creasing because a crease needs to be a real crease and a half cut doesn't swing it. If you mm -hmm. want the box to go through a folder glue and to a filling line and then automatically be erected and closed and so on, you need folding forces to be right. You need the whole thing to work. And for that, you need a mechanical crease. And therefore the decision the Hycons founders made 12 years ago to combine true digital in cutting and hybrid digital in creasing was a brave and smart and visionary decision. And without that, the folder glue would never work. And therefore, you, all you're left with is gift packs, which are assembled by hand. You know, I wish you were more passionate about this. <laughs> I'll try no, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, it, it. You know, as you were talking, I had this image of, I, I, I remember my dad bought an iPhone in 2007 or something, you know, and it was just like, whoa, what is this? You know, I was, I got I, the Motorola raise the, the razor phone was the mm -hmm. hot phone. And then all of a sudden it's like, this is so new, but imagine if somebody had that and still only used it to make phone calls. It's like, yeah, you can, right. It can just be a phone, but look at all of the other stuff that this can enable you to do. I think is 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 a great analogy for for what you're talking about here with with Hycon. You know this this idea of having a a fully digital process. If if you don't have that, then then what are you left with at the end? Is you don't have you don't have all the advantages. You, you, it's like it's like using the phone. You know, it's like buying a, a, a simply you know, a phone. 
and not using it as a navigator and 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 as a camera and to store your images and to manage oh. your contacts and to do all of it right i mean it's 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 and it, it, i've worked for some companies where that was in fact the case where they were like oh no we we do digital printing and i was like yeah but that's all that we're just doing digital printing so all we've done is just we're we're it's changing from ink to toner that's all we've done there's we don't have to make plates but everything else was very manual in terms of uh even even the the process at the beginning was like no we're going to print off we're going to print off our proofs and we're going to send these proofs over to them and i'm like i don't i don't get i mean sometimes obviously you have to do that but it was like the process it i love the said, exception not the rule correct i love that you said sustainability and process not just in in material right this idea that it does get more sustainable the more we can drive efficiencies and certainly digital is a great way to drive efficiencies we right. can get more sustainable reduce waste that. reduce inventory reduce obsolescence reduce on demand rather than because you know it, it, it makes sense to do a bigger batch because once you're already starting to run the, the equipment, you want to run more. You know, the, the, I, I, I want, when I was trying to educate Indigo Channel partners a long time ago, uh, I remember doing this skit in November 2008 in Barcelona. I did them the skit that you call and say, I need 750 somethings, whatever it was, a brochure. And the, and the printer says, to take 2,000. Well, I only want 750, they would say. And the printer would say, but, you know, I'm going to charge you $900 or whatever it would be for 750. And for 2,000, I'll charge you $1,000. So it's, it's cheaper per item. And th that kind of might, because I'm running my equipment. The last thing I want you to do is to call me back in two months and say, I need another 100. Because I'm going to have, you know, how am I going to do that? And, changing the mindset of how people operate uh i i had this great story i need to use it with care because this is a public forum but when we were trying to drive digital printing of cartons in indigo we went into the hp system of which we were a part we said you know all these skus you have for the inkjet heads that go on the, on the printers you know, there are some printers that magically last 15 or 20 years. So you have a very long tail of very short run SKUs. Let's move all of those SKUs packaging to digital printing on Indigo. Eat your own dog food and all that. And you get stuck on the fact that the guy who purchases inkjet boxes has a KPI of achieving the lowest price per 10,000. It doesn't matter if 9,000 pieces sit in the warehouse and then become obsolete because HP updates its branding guidelines. He gets measured on the lowest price for 10,000, irrespective of the numbers that he needs. And therefore, he wouldn't do it because hmm. it was more expensive to print 1,000 units per unit than printing 10,000. It was less dollars than printing 10,000 units, but nobody measured the dollars. You need to think right when the KPIs are messed up, when the mindset is stuck in an old world with a different cost structure and a different set of constraints, you do illogical things. Yep, yep. It's uh, it's just like the the great philosopher uh, Ice Cube uh, said: you get your mind right and you get your grind right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, that's that's it's such a great point. Um, and Simon, we are uh, we're coming up here on on the end of our time, which I just looked at the clock. I was like, oh, my gosh, uh, I have so many more. I have so many more questions. And, you know, you kind of hit a little bit on uh, the areas that that you are really focused on in terms of corrugated and folding cartons. I've certainly seen more, uh, you know, some from the printing perspective, I've seen more companies getting into it. Um, and, but you're right. There's no taking that print and then just stacking up sheets and then waiting for it to run through your traditional die cutter. It, it, there's, you still have the bottleneck there, right? So, um, yep. maybe just spend a little bit of time talking about, Hey, what, what does icon actually do to solve that problem? And then at the end of that, we'll wrap it up and you can let everyone know how they can just come and buy all the machines that they want to from from you all. <laughs> okay, so let's take what I'm going to call the extreme example. The extreme example is e-commerce, web to pack. You go online, you upload a design, you define it to a, a box, you know, they, you get a whole different series of boxes. You choose the box you want, you choose the dimensions you want, you upload the artwork you want, and you want a thousand boxes because you're not Nestle or Mars, you are a small company, maybe even a one-man show is doing some nice little something. How is that box, which is going to be a shipping box, perhaps, it's, about, you know, it's, a, it's a one-use package. It's both got branded, but it can also go through the delivery stream, so it's a corrugated box. How is the supplier going to make that? He could do it traditionally, make a, play, make a set of plates, make a die, run it. But for a thousand boxes, the fixed cost makes each box crazily expensive. So he goes down a digital production route. If he's smart, he'll gang that job with other jobs using the same substrate onto a sheet that runs through a digital corrugated press. These days, increasingly a one-pass press, but I don't care if it's one-pass or multi-pass. And then... If he's ganged it, the last thing he wants to do is to make a die, because the one thing you can be certain of is that if, I, if this guy orders another thousand boxes next month, it'll come in on a different day to the other jobs that were on that sheet. And then he has to do digital finishing. And this transformative mindset of saying, we're not going to just put one job on each sheet, but we're going to gang jobs, we're going to print them digitally, we're going to finish them digitally, which means I don't have a, a physical tool. Yes. Hikon creates what we call a dart foil, uh, which is which is 3D print 3D printing of the crease lines, but that's consumable. People throw them away after they've been used. And what that means is that conceptually, without really making an effort, that order that I that was placed yesterday could be printed this morning, finished this afternoon, and shipped this evening. And if that's not iPhoning the telephone and enabling new degrees of freedom, then I don't know what is. Now, not everything is e-commerce, and Hikon isn't only about e-commerce, but e-commerce is taking you to the extreme need and illustrates it. And because Hikon takes the PDF, the DXF file that comes out of the prepress system, um, what that means is that you can do that easily and you put the file on the machine 
and it writes the crease lines, and then you run the sheets, and it's essentially seamless, it's quick, you've eliminated lead time, you've eliminated fixed cost. If you only want three pieces, you put it on a CAD table. But if you want 200, 500, 1,000, 2,500, 5,000, you don't want to put it on a bobst or whatever the analog die cutter is because it's simply not cost effective. And Hikon sits there in the gap between the tables and the analog die cutters and enables the other equipment to work effectively rather than trying to stretch them out of their comfort zone into the places they don't belong because you have to you want to offer this capability to your customers correct it would be like i don't know are you a golfer at all i'll use a golf analogy uh you can use a golf analogy i've never played but i've watched enough okay so it would be like if you showed up to the to to play a round of golf and you have a driver you have a five iron and you have a you have a putter like there is times where the driver is great and then you're like, well, what do I do? I've got a hundred yard shot. What, do I use my five? How do I, so you're, you're just kind of always left with like not the right tool to accomplish the job, which is why these golfers have variable, you know, clubs in their bag, obviously, mm-hmm. because every club in the bag means has that it has a role. And it means that when you're using it for the role that, that every other bag is saved or every other club in the bag is saved to do the job that it's meant to do. Right. We talk about the right tool for the right job. I love it. I love it, Simon. So tell and me- I have much more I could happily have spoken about, but I know we're out of time, Adam. <laughs> I, so you'll just I, have to no invite doubt. me back another time. Well, you have to invite me. I will uh, okay, I will okay. happily come out uh, to, it's, it's an area I've traveled all over the world. Um, I mean, Europe, Africa, Asia, Australia, US. I've not been to South America. And I've not been to Israel, and it's a uh, it's a place that is that I that I'd love to get to, and have have met a lot of really great, awesome people. So we will uh, we'll have to make that happen. I just had uh, I just did an interview with uh, with Tipa. Actually, they were just on my podcast recently, and was telling them about. It. I'm like, I just have to book the trip and and figure it out. So maybe 2023 will be the year. Uh, so Simon, tell me uh, tell me and tell the listeners. How do people learn more about HiCon? How do they get in touch with you if they have questions, uh, if they just want to be encouraged and inspired? Because you you got me all stoked on digital finishing, which is which is <laughs> awesome. I'm like, yes, this you have a you have a great energy about you, and I really appreciate that. Thank you. So you can reach us first on the web at HiCon.net. H I C sorry H I G H C O N dot net. And you can reach me, Simon.Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, at highcom.net. And we're here to help. And uh, we love what we do. And we're going to drive this change because the industry needs it. The environment needs it. And the opportunity that it represents is really exciting. 100% agree. Thank you so much, Simon. I appreciate it. Thank you, Adam. Hey, congrats. You made it to the end of the podcast. If you're looking for more great podcast material in the packaging industry, please check out Sustainable Packaging with Corey Connors and the newly redesigned Package Unboxed with Avelio Matos. Go find them wherever you listened to this podcast. Thanks, everybody.